So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Well, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. I don't know if for everyone out there, that intro was all choppy like it was on my screen. If it was, I apologize sincerely. That is not the standards. I thought it was having a mental episode. I really couldn't keep up. It was much slower than I was used to, and I thought it was my internal lag. So I appreciate you saying that. No, no, no. What I think is all on my end here, of course. Uh, but welcome back, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. And if you're joining us live, thank you so much. If not, and you're listening to this after the fact, come join us live. It's way more fun. You get to see all the beautiful faces we have on the screen here. Our illustrious panel of guests joining us to chop up the NFC West this evening. Uh, before we introduce our guests, Jake, how are you doing this evening? Doing so good. I'm doing so good because we get to talk about, in my humble opinion, and I'm not just saying this to butter everybody's bread here, one of the more exciting divisions in the NFL and in fantasy football. So that's that's exciting. Well, you know you earn no brownie points that way. With, with but I gotta story, try. So you can try. But yeah, let's get into it. Let's uh, introduce our guests here. So uh, as I'm after I introduce uh, each of you, if you could do two things for me, please. One. What are you joining us in drinking this with this evening? Doesn't matter what it is. And two, how did you become a fan of your team? So let's start with our representative from the Rams, Alexis Kraft, co-host of the Downtown Rams podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so the first, to answer your first question, what am I drinking? Um, I am drinking a sparkling tonic that tastes just like soda, Olipop. Nice little plug for them here. You might have heard it. It's actually like a prebiotic soda type thing. It's good for you. Doctors Ooh. say it's good for you and it tastes just like soda and it's good for your immune system and things like that. This is a strawberry vanilla flavor, but to be honest, orange squeeze is my favorite in the root beer one, but, uh, I don't have any. So we're going with strawberry tonight. Uh, second question, how did I become a fan of my team? Um, I was born and raised in St. Louis. I don't live there anymore, but the Rams were there uh, when I was growing up. And my family had season tickets during the greatest show on turf age. So uh, I'm too young to kind of remember. I was like three years old when that was going down. But uh, I know I was there for all the really important games and really fun times. I don't remember it, but I was there. Sadly, my earliest memories are from the Rams very, very low period. Uh, <laughs> two and 14 seasons is when I really started to get into football. But yeah, and I followed them even though they moved to L.A. The fact that you came in during their low point. I think boldens and strengthens your fandom somehow. I think it gives you more kudos. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I remember wearing a Mark Bolger jersey to school and getting made fun of. Like, I just remember I didn't understand why people were, like, giving me such a hard time. I just thought that it was okay that your team was bad. Like, I didn't know <laughs> that it was, like, a thing to be ashamed of. So on, like, sports jersey day, I wore a Mark Bolger jersey, and everyone was just, like, giving me the hardest time, and I didn't get it. Kids are the worst. 
I know. I, st- it was I stand by that. It was absolutely the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then representing the Seahawks, uh, coming back to the show this year to talk Seahawks is Russ Fisher, co-host of the Trade Addicts pod. Good evening, sir. Hey. All right. Well, first question. I am drinking this new thing I found out about like last week called water. It's great. Oh. Mm. With a straw, too. It's cool. Interesting. <sighs> Um, is it cold? Yeah, oh, that, hold up. There's ice in this water. Oh, wow. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Not a sponsor, by the way. Water, not a sponsor. But water, reach out. I'm here for it if you want a sponsor. Uh, mostly because it's 7.30 and I have kids, so I can't start drinking because they're awake and upstairs. So, <laughs> you know, I'll be drinking in spirit with you guys later tonight. All right? There you go. Um, now this one's a little embarrassing. How did I become a Seahawks fan? I chose them at random. Um, yeah, I grew up as a kid. I I live in New Jersey, so I grew up a Giants fan because that's what my dad was. And if it makes you feel any better, Alexis, you know, I live around Jets fans. They, they've had it much, much worse. (laughs) No, I've never been one, but I grew, I grew up a Giants fan and I got out of football and started getting really into hockey. And then hockey went on strike like five times in two years somehow, magically. And I was just like, nope, can't do it anymore. So I switched to football. And I'm like, I don't want to be a Giants fan anymore. Who should I be? And that was the year the Steelers beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And I was just like, oh, man, the Seahawks got hosed on that. Their jerseys are pretty. I'm going to be a Seahawks fan. (laughs) I love it. You answered your own existential question, too, with that. Who who am I going to be, you said. And then you answered... The pretty man in the pretty Seahawks jersey, and it's been a love affair ever since. I know, and they even changed their jersey, and it somehow got prettier. So, like, you know, it's it's great. Love it. Mm-hmm. And then representing the Cardinals, uh, Dalton Cates, football analyst at Mojo. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, they saved the best for last, and I'm obviously representing the best team in the division this year. Um, and... What am I drinking? Wait, drinking is first. All right. So I'm drinking very classy glass of H2O. And a bunch of water fans up in this joint. It's, uh, it's filtered water, too. So not just any water. Um, filtered, re- reverse osmosis, all that good stuff. So I thought I'd bring it classy here. It's a great show. So I figured I would uh, drink the best. So I'm um, doing that. And then uh, born and raised out in Arizona. So born in Scottsdale. My dad is from Boston, so I grew up in a Boston household with sports, and I kept seeing them win, and I got tired of it, and I said, I want to be my own person and do my own thing, and it was probably like the worst decision I made, because being an Arizona sports fan is absolutely terrible, but um, hey, I mean, Alexis has been through it um, with all that and seen some glory now, so hopefully at some point, um, I can I can feel happy as an Arizona Cardinals fan. <laughs> well, hopefully by the end of this podcast, we'll figure out a way to make you happy about it in some capacity or other. We'll see. That's a tall order. I don't I don't want to put that hype on us too much because I don't know if we can live up to it, but we'll we'll do our best here. At least you're not yeah. a Niners fan. That's yeah, true. stupid true Niners. We booted that. the Niners fan before they got in. We had to get it started. <laughs> Well, as you can see, there is no representative here. So, I mean, it's just fair game at this point. 
If no one's here to defend themselves, that's on them. That's on them. <laughs> we have a common enemy, so we are all on the same page with that, at least. You will all be united, and you can come together to put down the 49ers. It'll be a real sweet mm-hmm. moment, I bet. I bet Dustin will save that team towards the end. I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Well, I, I think, think after so. last week and not having the Giants fan on and saving that for last, it was such a uh, ending the show on a down note. I think we'll start with the mm-hmm. Niners this week Fair. just to get it out of the way, rip the Band-Aid off, and then we can get into the good stuff after that. How about that? All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, I'll just go over this uh, as a reminder for everyone out there. Uh, I will start off by talking about notable, notable, I'll use that in quotes because it's not really notable on most occasions, losses and additions uh, via free agency or trades, and then recap the draft. And then we will ask each of you to just uh, give your thoughts on the upcoming season and how you thought this uh, offseason has gone to date with your team. So starting off with the Niners, we've got, for their losses, Raheem Mostert and Richie James. Their additions this offseason, Malik Turner, Tyler Croft, and Ray Ray McLeod. And in the draft... No, no. And in the draft, they uh, took another running back in the third round, Tyrion Davis-Price. And in the third, they took Danny Gray. And in the seventh, drafted a quarterback, Brock Purdy. So um, since we don't have a Niners fan here to kind of give a recap, Jake, I will let you handle the recap here of the Niners and tell me what your thoughts are for the outlook uh, for the upcoming season. I'm happy to, Dustin. If you recall last year on this podcast, I spent way too long prognosticating about Trey Lance and how amazing he was going to be in 2021. And he was the surefire starter by week four to take over from Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I was a little bit wrong. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still technically with the team. Uh, he's not long for them, let's say. He should be moving on here. I don't know if there's a real trade partner anymore, maybe the Panthers, but should be Trey Lance season officially. So now we have Lance and the big debate last year was Debo Samuel versus Brandon Ayuk. Not going to pat us on the back too hard for that Debo choice on this podcast, but those two still there, along with George Kittle. Backfield is still the backfield, so that's something. I I think they're going to be an amazing team. I'm, I'm apologetic to all of you for saying that, but I really do think that they will be an amazing team because I love Trey Lance, and I I have to believe it's part. It's contractually obligated. I have to believe that Trey Lance will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo was last year. So I think he lifts a, a bunch of sales, whether for fantasy or not. I don't know. But for real life, you betcha. Like You have to be really low on Lance to be like, no, he's going to be worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> hey, don't, don't hit him on board, Jimmy. No. Like, uh, no. I got respect, I got respect for Jimmy. Jim. Well, it's because you look like him. Like, he's pretty bad. I like it. But no, like, Garoppolo is Teddy Bridgewater plus. Like, he's good for football as long as you don't need him to win you a game, but he's not good for fantasy. Yeah, he doesn't create plays. He doesn't help other players create plays. Like, if they didn't have literally, like, three of the best five players after the catch on their team, they would have been trashier than trash last year. But 
you know, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle are all great after the catch. I mean, now I, I'm also a Lance fan, so I'm right here with you. I, I am ready to say, I hope everything goes well <laughs> because I am, I have been hurt too many times at being straight out optimistic. So I'm going to stick with cautiously optimistic because I think Lance is very good at reading a play. Lance is, you know, people see running quarterback or mobile quarterback, whatever verbiage you like to use, and they think, you know, I guess it works. I could say Kaepernick because Kaepernick was like, I'm supposed to pass that guy. He's covered. Run that way. Lance isn't that player. He can read two or three progressions and then make the run, which is great. And I think he is good enough at medium to low A dot passing that it's going to fit very nice with the players they have and the game they like to play. So I, I am very much with you, Jake, in that I think this should be very good, but my heart is not strong enough to just say it's going to be. <laughs> I'm throwing the caution out the window. I won't even put cautiously in front of my optimism. Oh, I'm just, no. I'm ready to get hurt again, man. My, my tear ducts are bruised. Yeah, Jake, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I'm drafting more Niners than I am Cardinals this year. And it's all because of Trey Area, baby. He's going to ball out. I think he's, he's going to be super, for fantasy purposes, he's just going to shred. And I think like there, there's a small chance... I don't know what's going on with the Niners right now, but there's a small chance that Jimmy gets a job for some reason, which I don't I don't understand. But I mean, he's still on the team, and I mean, training camp starting in a month, so I think that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But assuming Trey Lance gets a job, I mean, he legitimately I think he's a chance to I don't know if to the extent of what Lamar Jackson did in the second year, um, but like potentially be in a thousand yard rusher um, with those weapons there. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be extremely exciting. So he's someone that I'm I'm drafting like everywhere as a quarterback. So what are we are we saying? Um, Niners still suck, but like well, obviously, <laughs> no. So are we thinking uh, uh, top twelve could be easy this season? Easy. Top ten, top, top five, legs alone. Yeah. All right. I'm just not Easy. as optimistic about Trey Lance as everyone else. But that's also because I read too much into the situation. Like, why are they holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo? So, Shoulder surgery. I mean, I mean, I guess, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I also just think that Jimmy G played better than a lot of other people did. I mean, they were in the NFC Championship, and I get that everyone's like, oh, it wasn't because of Jimmy G. But, I mean, it kind of was. I mean, if he was playing that bad, I don't think they would have made it to the NFC Championship which thank God they lost, uh, by the way, my team. I was at that game. Um, it was very intense, uh, not good for my heart rate at all. But um, I do think that Trey Lance probably will be starting for the 49ers, obviously. And I think that he's going to like, I think he'll do fine. I don't know. I My co-host, it's, he was, uh, Trey Lance was his number one quarterback the year they drafted him. I was not as high on him, and I obviously can't, like, quote-unquote, hope for him to succeed next season uh, because he's on the 49ers, but I won't be surprised if he does. You could hope for him to succeed, but miraculously, they still lose. Like, their defense is just trash. You know, like, let let him shine, but let everything fall apart on the other side of the ball. Like, that's like, everyone always says, like, 
how do you feel like when your fantasy quarterback's playing against your team? And I'm like, no, that's cool. Trey Lance can throw for five touchdowns as long as the Seahawks score six. You know? yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's how I had Russell Wilson as my fantasy quarterback last year. I'm sorry. So, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I always draft a quarterback too late, but he was my quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, that put me in a position being a Rams fan. That's not a that's not a comfortable place to be. I mean, I don't really have a comparison because the quarterbacks that a Packer fan would have to draft to get that same thing. It wasn't Justin Fields. It wasn't Jared Goff. Maybe Kirk Cousins, I guess. But that's not going to feel. It's not going to feel the same. So, so wait, do I you guys like having moment. fantasy players from your team on your fantasy teams? Like, do you like having Rams and Cardinals? Like, I hate having Seahawks on my fantasy teams. It's and good. It, it all started like. Four or five years ago, when I was still playing in a league with kickers, and I had Hauschka, you know, Hausch money on my team, and they scored a touchdown. I'm like, oh, come on. Did I just get sad that the Seahawks scored a touchdown? What the hell? (laughs) And and then I realized, I'm like, no, I don't want to limit the way I'm happy when the Seahawks score. So I just sort of stopped drafting. Okay, then DK came around, and I'm like, I I can't help it. I'm drafting that man. Uh, but like most of the time I try and avoid having Seahawks because it really was the weirdest thing where I just got sad they scored a touchdown. I'm like, okay, this is a life-changing moment. I've learned something. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point though. I, I respect that. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit agnostic about that. Like I don't like Donald, I think you were kind of saying they're if they're good enough, I will. I normally don't get the chance, especially in like a home league where everybody's right. a super fan. That just never happens. But in general, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Same here. All right. So the Niners have a lot of offensive weapons here. Uh, The one I want to have a little discussion about here is uh, George Kittle. (sighs) He's been so disappointing over the last few years, and he's been injured. And I I hate to throw out the injury injury prone uh, uh, verbiage here because I I don't believe in injury prone players. He's just had a string of bad luck. But is he still in your top three tight ends? I mean, typically it's he's one of the big three. Do you still consider him as, as top three, not only for uh, Dynasty, but in redraft for this upcoming season? Uh, Dalton, let's start with you. Um, Dynasty, I do. Uh, I, I, I believe I'm just a very, I just believe in talent. So I don't really look too much at situation. I'm a firm believer that talent always plays itself out. And I think there's a lot of question marks when you have a new quarterback change from Jimmy Garoppolo to Lance. The thing is, we don't know specifically who he's going to target. Um, we don't know if it's going to be Debo. We don't know if it's going to be Ike. We don't know if it's going to be Kittle. The thing is, if Kittle stays healthy, like he is an absolute game changer at the position. I think you can make an argument for somebody like Mark Andrews there, super close, Darren Waller as well, has extra car, uh, target competition. Um, so Dynasty, I have him three. Um, redraft, I'll probably have him four behind Andrews, just because I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm just going to believe in Kittle as one of the best Uh, All right. How about you, Alexis? Same exact answer um, as Dalton. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think when when Kittle's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. I mean, I I could even say for me top two, but I think yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's an interesting point, you know, seeing with the quarterback change, seeing how much he'll be targeted. It could be more. It could be less. It could, you know, we don't know. Um, but yeah, he's he seems like a really, you know, good guy as well. 
from what I've heard and what I've seen. So I really want him to get healthy because I hate to see guys like that always getting hurt. All right. Russ. No, uh, no, 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 no. Um, though I have met, I know a few people that have met George Kittle and he does, he is as awesome as he seems, by the way, but at least that's what I've heard and dresses fantastically. Oh yeah. Like ridiculously loud print rompers. It was the cool, it was something I would never for the life of me do, but good for him for being able to pull that off. Um, I mean, especially in Dynasty, I mean, I have Pitts, Kelsey, well, Pitts, Andrews, Kelsey as my top three. You can't not put him top five, even though I don't like saying injury prone either, but soft tissue is a little different where some people's hamstrings just aren't what other people's are. Like, A.J. Brown, I don't think he's ever going to play a full season. You know, Kittle's the exact same way. He always tweaks something, pulls something. And, like, yeah, he missed three games last season. That's pretty normal these days to miss two or three games. And he was at, you know, my trade addict scoring has the .75 premium. But he he, points per game. He was easily tight end three. But with the change in the offense that is going to happen with... I think an evening of the... I I think tight ends are going to mush together a little bit because the Ravens are going to throw less. The Chiefs are going to be a really weird offense without a Tyreek Hill there. And Waller with Adams. Like I I think we're going to find this big mush of of tight ends and clearly with Pitts just 3,000 miles away from everyone else because he's (laughs) Kyle Pitts. Um that I don't think I would spend to get Kittle. Like, it, it, it's funny. Like, I give me Schultz Plus. Like, that's been my answer to almost every tight end's question. Just give me Schultz Plus and I'll be fine. You know, move down a little bit. Like, will he finish as a top five tight end? Most likely. But he's also 28 turning 29. And dynasty players are ageist is nice. <laughs> they 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 get straight up mean the second you you hit upper twenties as a wide receiver or tight end. Even though we've seen plenty of tight ends play into their mid thirties just fine, but yeah, but the combination of everything Kittle has going on, he's at the bottom of a tier. In which case, I'll just wait two more players and grab someone I feel just as comfortable with and not have to spend as much. And just in case you're curious, because you brought up a great point about kind of if you can wait to get him. Currently, if you're doing underdog best ball drafts, he's the tight end five currently and can be had in the fifth round very often. So that's the type of thing where if a guy like that falls, I will take those 13 to 14 very healthy games and very robust fantasy points uh, and then just deal with the few that he misses. Yeah, 15, fifth round is great price. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. I feel like we've had enough Niners talk. What do you think? Since no yeah. one's here to defend them, let's move on. Move All right. on. All right. Let's let's move over to the Cardinals here. So notable losses: Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk. Uh, they brought aboard via free agency Marquise Brown and Daryl Williams, and in the draft, Trey McBride in the second and Keontae Ingram in the sixth. So, Dalton. How are you feeling about your Cardinals and how do you feel about them for this upcoming season? I don't feel good, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no. I don't feel good. Um, 
I think I think the moment um what is his whole like Chandler Jones, we lost him. Uh DeAndre Hopkins, six game suspension, our splits with him out Hopkins are pretty rough. So we're gonna have to go six games now. Um, without our best offensive player. And I think that's going to be tough. Our schedule is not the easiest this year. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Like, I'll be, like, cautiously, like, optimistic about some pieces of it, but um, I just don't know how we're going to do the first six weeks. It's going to be really interesting. I think Marquise Brown is going to be really fun to watch because him and Kyler have that connection. So when you see, you know, wide receivers tend to go to new teams a lot of times, you know, they do see a decline in production just because um, they're a either unfamiliar with the schemes, new situation, they have to get accustomed to a lot of things. Um, I don't think it's going to be the case with them. Like they're best friends, um, they have that chemistry together. I think it's going to be interesting getting AJ Green back as well. He's going to play a lot of outside. Rondale Moore is going to be really interesting. It's uh, the, the thing with DeAndre Hopkins leaving is that that actually doesn't help Rondale Moore. I think it's like it. it it would seem like it would, but they, when DeAndre Hopkins was out last year, they were like moving Antoine Wesley outside and they never moved Rondale Moore outside. So I'm extremely excited about Rondale Moore as a player. I just have questions about how they're going to utilize him within that scheme. And it seems like they're almost limiting him to this, you know, yards after catch. We're going to throw you the ball, you know, with an eight out of like, you know, one or something and just see what you can do after the catch kind of thing. Um, which is part of his skill set, but I think he has a lot more to his game that they could unleash. And I think there's a chance that that does happen. And in a scenario in which they do allow him to, you know, run more, a lot more downfield routes, like he could absolutely explode and be a massive second year breakout. Um, I just have questions about that. And I think that's the biggest question within the Cardinals offense is, is if Rondo Moore can take the next step, they can be absolutely dynamic there. But if they're kind of pigeonholing him a little bit, we're going to wait until the second half of the season when we get D hop. And Marquise Brown back until you know we really start to see the offense go. Mm-hmm. I like exactly what you said. I, I no arguments there. So uh, speaking of their new um, wide receiver Hollywood, uh, let's go around the room here. Are you drafting him at his current ADP? Uh, he's currently fifty-seven overall, a wide receiver twenty-three. Um, I personally feel like that that's that's a fair value for him. I think he'll probably end up finishing above that uh, wide receiver 23 uh, where you have to draft him. But what do you guys think? Yeah, okay. I'm going to start with you. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think so. I think I think it's a great value because there's there's two cases here. One is you're getting that extra target share while Hopkins is gone the first six weeks. Um, which we've seen him already, you know, command a massive target share alongside Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, even in a low, low volume offense. So it's clear that, you know, he's somebody that quarterbacks are looking after. Now, when you get Hopkins back, you tend to see a lot of the top wide receivers that score in fantasy. They have another like elite wide receiver alongside them. So, I think in the first six games, we're going to see a bigger target share for Marquise Brown, um, and he'll do well with that target share. But I think what we're going to see in the second half of the year when Hopkins comes back is going to be much more efficient on his own. And I think that will actually be when he starts to shine. So I don't like the fact that he moved up in ADP because Hopkins is gone, um, because I think it, it works both ways in that sense. But I'm completely fine with him there. Like he was a thousand yard receiver last year. He finished 
top 24, like why would he not do it again in a higher volume pass offense um, with a quarterback who is more comfortable and familiar with him um, going back to the days? I, I like it right there. Mm-hmm. Russ? The combination of Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson were, I believe it was last in the league in accuracy for balls thrown over 20 yards. Kyler Murray was third from the top. Like, you just said it. I I pulled it up that points per game, Hollywood finished as wide receiver 21 with Huntley being bad, with Lamar not hitting him on all of these plays where he was – I mean, I can't – I didn't see them just assume he was open, but I'll believe he was because it makes me happy. And (laughs) I'm all here. Like, I – was thrilled fantasy-wise when that, well, mind-blown when that trade happened in the first place. But, you know, like, I loved it. That it was, like, to me, like, that was perfect because I was, I was, I I drank the Kool-Aid on hating Hollywood Brown when he was in the draft process. He's small. He can't, you know, BMI Twitter was at its best back then. And, like, and then the second he got in the NFL, I'm like, that's wrong. This guy's good. And I... It always seemed like they did not use him to his potential, especially because they're such a run team. They run a lot of plays in Arizona, so I think it's going to be awesome for Marquise. And I, and you're right. The second uh, Nuke comes back, the cut, like just picture it. You're going to have, you know, Hollywood running a go route, Nuke running a post route, and then Rondell running a slant. Like you literally can't cover that. Like that is going to be ridiculous, and I th- that is going to be so much fun to watch. Throw in A.J. Brown just falling down in the middle of the field and causing a big distraction. Or A.J. Oh. Green, sorry. Oh, like, you that? know, that's going to be... A.J. Brown, that, 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 that's tough. I mean, I just need to get this off my chest real quick because, I mean, you, you mentioned A.J. Brown and Russ mentioned about the Hollywood trade. Um, I love A.J. Brown. Like, that's my guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, when the Cardinals traded for Marquise Brown, when they traded first on pick, you know, my first reaction was... You know, like, that's fine. Get Kyler's guy. You know, they're in contract negotiations with him. Like, it's kind of a good faith thing. He's a good wide receiver, all that. And then, you know, five minutes later, um, you know, you're watching the draft and then you see the Titans just absolutely trade away A.J. Brown for exactly the same thing that the Cardinals did. And then now I'm sitting there and I'm just tilting my face off. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to curse on the show, but like, what the hell are we doing, guys? <laughs> I mean, what the heck are we doing? H.E. Double Hockey Sticks doing over here? Like, unbelievable so yeah i mean it still hurts it still hurts deep down but gosh, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, to they, divert your attention with that yeah. first and a third i feel like you purposely threw in an aj brown comment right there. <laughs> i just knew it was going to get your goat somehow <laughs> alexis what do you think about hollywood brown this year i think he's going to do great i've always been a fan of him um drafted him in my rookie draft for my dynasty league the year that that he came out uh, and I think it's a real opportunity for him with uh, DeAndre Hopkins not being able to play. I mean, the first six games, I mean, that's your guy. That's wide receiver one. Um, so, you know, and I think that he does have the opportunity even when Hopkins does come back, like uh, Russ was saying. I mean, you he fits right into kind of like this trio role where all those receivers play their own role. I just am like, I really like Rondale Moore and I, I don't want him to kind of be like shoved into the shadows and just kind of like forgotten and not used because they have all these other great receivers. Um, you know, AJ Green, Andy Isabella as well. Um, 
you know, I, I don't really know if he's actually done good in the league or not, but I liked him coming out. So, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how the receiver situation plays out in Arizona. But, I mean, I would definitely draft Marquise Brown in any leagues I was I was doing this year. Uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if, if him and Kyler, like, completely just didn't do well. I don't see a situation where that happens. So, yeah, I'm in on him. All right, Top everyone. Season. Yeah, everyone's in on them. We're all drinking the Kool Aid this year. I love it. <laughs> uh, let's move over to the backfield. I want to talk James Conner here just briefly. Uh, had a great season last year for fantasy. Uh, buoyed a lot by those touchdowns. Obviously, I shouldn't say obviously. I think that that will come down a little bit this year. But do y'all see him being that bell cow running back for them now that uh, Chase Edmonds has left? Or do you see um, uh, some of these uh, rookies or uh, guys coming off the bench here that haven't had a lot of draft capital, but maybe they'll get their opportunity now? Dalton, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be the bell cow. I, I'm, I'm not going to be drafting him anywhere. I think he's, I think he's overpriced right now, and it's a lot of it's based on what he did last year, and there's his projection of what he's going to do this year. I do think a big component to it um, that we saw towards the end of last year is he was getting utilized in the receiving game a little bit. Um, so that's going to be a big factor in how well he does. I think the touchdowns, it's pretty unsustainable. Um, they signed Darrell Williams. Um, the guy I'm really excited about is Eno Benjamin. Like I'm, I'm stoked about him. Cliff Kingsbury, one of the combine was talking a bunch about him Has even said recently how much they love him. So, um, I wouldn't even be surprised if Eno Benjamin ends up as a number two. I mean, Kingsbury literally said like he could be like a starter. Um, so I think it's, Eno Benjamin potentially who takes some of the role there. Um, yeah, I mean that that's the way that's the way I'm attacking it is is I'm gonna fade Connor. I'm gonna take Eno like last round of drafts in every single one of my drafts. And he has a three down skill set, um, was productive in college. Um he he's literally like the the way I comp him is is like almost like a Devin Singletary or Clyde Edwards Lair who's like a third stringer. Like he's the same type of running back as those guys, and he just hasn't really like fully gotten the opportunity yet. I mean, his first game he played last year, I'll never forget this. I'll, I was lit. And he, 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 I remember he like took one, he took one carry and this was against the Niners. Um, I wish I had a Niners person. He took it absolutely. <laughs> awesome. But I, I remember like he took one in the hole and he absolutely just trucked like Drake Kirkpatrick into the ground, touchdown. Um, but he, he has juice. He has juice. He's, he, and the good thing about him too, is he is off the field. Like he's a great locker room guy. So he graduated early from college. He was a junior at the Senior Bowl. Um, like he, he's a, a locker room guy. Coaches love him. Um, good skill set on the field. Like he check, checks a lot of the boxes you're looking for in a sleeper running back. And I think you know, Benjamin could absolutely match this year. Oh, nice. I will keep that locked up here. Um, so I was, while you're uh, talking about that, I, I pulled up the uh, current ADP. And right now, James Conner is going 16th overall for running backs. Not overall in the draft, but 16th running back. Going right after him, we've got Cam Akers, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins. Alexis, would you draft Conner over all these running backs I named, or is that just way too high? It's way too high. That's just my opinion. 
Um, and I like James Conner. It's not a diss towards James Conner. Um, but yeah, I, I think with, for the particular running backs that you mentioned, I would be drafting them over him um, in terms of like my faith of them being productive next season. But yeah, I don't really know what to think about like the running back situation in Arizona. I'm not, you know, it's not something I, I look at obviously too much, but from the outside looking in, it looks like James Conner is going to take that bell cow type role. That's just, you know, what I see looking at their depth chart. I like, you know, Benjamin as well. I'd like to see him play more. Um, I think I'm curious how they're going to use Keontae Ingram, uh, who they drafted in the sixth round, I believe. Um, I, I wasn't like as high on Ingram as everyone else was, but I, I feel that the Cardinals like are, so I'm curious what type of role he's going to have, but like just looking at their depth chart, it looks like James Conner is going to get most of the work. Um, and you know, maybe that is based off of last season's results. Maybe it's not, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee him being like one of the, you know, top or even mid-tier running backs in the league this year. I think he'll do fine, though. But I'm surprised if he's ranked that high. Mm -hmm. Russ, are you surprised he's that high, and are you going to draft him there? Redraft? I think that's fine. You know, Dynasty, I'll take pretty much all of those guys over him, and that's mostly an age thing. But you ever notice mm -hmm. that Steve Kimes seems like a bad Debbie player? Um <laughs> Eno Benjamin, Keontae Ingram, Rondell Moore, all three guys that like a year and a half before they were draft eligible were like top Devi prospects. And then they had a really bad last year or, you know, Rondell was hurt the entire time. And then they all just dropped. But he still went and got them anyway. He can't let go. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I do the same crap also, but, you know, I don't get paid for it. <laughs> I really do like Keontae Ingram, though. And I was a big Eno fan, but I... We have, it seems like whenever Connor stays healthy, he's really good. And, you know, when Lev Bell held out, Connor, like, could have made a ton of money for himself if he just chose not to get hurt that year instead of last year. You know, like, he just, he kept hurting his ankles. He kept getting hurt. But he stayed healthy when he had that workload last year. And if he could do that again, I don't see why. I mean, running back 16, that's not that hard to do if you stay healthy. And he's in a very good offense, and their running backs do score touchdowns, and he is very good at scoring touchdowns, we've seen. So, I mean, will is there a chance for him to finish as, like, RB1 through 5? Probably not, even if he is, like, one of the few people to stay healthy. But, I mean, I don't feel too bad taking him around 16. I think there's less risk taking him than there is, well, who did you mean, like, Akers and Josh Jacobs? Like, mm -hmm. I feel safer in, re like, this season... Um, Ugh, I want to, I want Dobbins to be healthy so bad. I love that man. Um, like, I, I feel safer with Connor than I do those three guys this season. But yeah, no redraft. I th yeah, I would take him around there. But yeah, dynasty probably not. Okay. Well, I think that'll finish it up for the Cardinals here. Let's uh, move over to your Seahawks here, Russ. Losses. To. Yes, we have to. It's part of the division. Come on. <laughs> and we can't end on the Seahawks because we can't end on such a downer note. That's right. So losses, Russell Wilson, Gerald Everett, possibly Alex Collins, still unsigned. We don't know. Uh, notable additions, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Marquise Goodwin. In the draft, second round, Kenneth Walker the third, 
And then a couple seventh round wide receivers in Bull Melton and Derek Young. So, Russ, how do you feel about the Seahawks moves this offseason and the outlook for the upcoming season here? I am only happy that they didn't take Kenneth Walker in the first. <laughs> I'm not happy they took him, but I'm glad that they didn't take him in the first because it's a stupid, like, last year I'm like, oh, the Seahawks are going to take Trey Sermon in the first. That's such a Seahawks thing to do. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen, but. I don't know, man. Like, I love, love the idea of Drew Locke being the quarterback for the Seahawks. <laughs> because it's... Okay, hold on. Let's take a step back. <laughs> Russell Wilson is very, 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 very good at playing quarterback. And people that didn't actually notice how he was used or why he was used the way he was hated his situation because they just let Russ cook, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. The reason they paid him that money, the reason they kept him there was because they only wanted to throw the ball 20, 22 times a game. Russell Wilson can complete 20 or 22 of those 20 or 22 passes. That's how good he is. And now they have Drew Locke, <laughs> who, who we hope can complete two of those 22. Like, this is not going to be pretty, and it's going to be hilarious. I <laughs> there's these rumors about them trading for for Baker, which half of me would love because I love Baker. Like I liked him as a prospect. I he is entertaining as hell as a person, and those progressive or, or is it progressive commercials? I don't remember what company it is, but those insurance commercials he does are fantastic. Like. Top the tier. next Peyton Manning, not football wise, but commercial wise. Let's do it. Um, but spending something on him, and again, because I don't trust John Schneider, the GM, at all to be smart about it, like they're probably going to give a first or a second for him when the, the Browns literally can't get rid of him. And if they do, if that happens, I'm going to be so annoyed about it. But if they can get him for like a fifth or a sixth, or hell, give him a fifth and a sixth, I would love it just because, like, I would get a custom-made jersey that just says Baker instead of Mayfield on it because that's more fun. But, and also part of me, like, their running game's not going to be good this year. And I think that's a huge trap that everyone loves Kenneth Walker. Their offensive line is bad. And if you look into the the linemen they did draft, they're both pass blockers. Like, usually because they had Russell Wilson, who was a magician under six defensive linemen and still didn't get tackled somehow... <laughs> They never bothered. They just, all of their linemen, all they they were bullies. All they could do was push forward. The second they had to take a step backwards, they may as well just sat down. And they fixed that a little bit. So their run game is not going to be very good. And that makes me excited for DK Metcalf because whether it is Baker, who was for some reason lauded, like celebrated for his accuracy in college, but can't hit the broad side of a barn in the NFL, or if it is Drew Locke, DK Metcalf is tall enough, fast enough, and long enough. All you have to do is throw it within like five feet of him, and he'll find a way to somehow magically come up with the ball. And I think that's good enough. And again, I don't think it'll be good, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> and it's super I, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, in a season where you know they're going to be bad, that's all I can ask for. Like, part of me hopes they do just tank the hell out of it and go get it. Because they have two first, you know, next drafts. So even if they end up with 
the five or sixth pick, they can easily move up to go get one of those quarterbacks or just wait till five and grab the fifth one because there's supposed to be like 19 quarterbacks drafted in the first round next year. So, or they could draft two running backs in the first round. Do you Let's want do me it. just to quit this right now and just all <laughs> die? I, I will cry to the point where my tears short out my laptop. Uh, I, if, if it has to be bad, it might as well be entertaining. That's really what I'm at. Plus, the rest of the division is just really good on offense, and the Seahawks defense is going to be like historically bad. So again, it's going to be fun, but it won't be good. Can I just say real quick, because you mentioned DK Metcalf, and everybody has written off DK Metcalf. So I think you're the first person that I've heard vocalize like he should at least be able to do something here, because I don't think anybody else shares that faith. So well, that's, that's he's nice not going to, gonna, we all want him to be the wide receiver one. That was never going to happen because he was on the Seahawks. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, even when they were good and when DK was good, and his ceiling was like, Eight-ish, and that's great. Don't get me wrong, but he was never like at one point his ADP and dynasty hit wide receiver three, and even I started selling him at that point. I'm like, ah, that's not right. That's not going to happen. But like, I can easily still see him finishing as like wide receiver 12, 14, 10. Like that, based on talent alone, that's not that outlandish. And then next year again. At least get a running back that can throw really well, <laughs> you know, in the first <laughs> round. And, and it could only get better. So, like, in Dynasty, I think he's a great buy right now that'll score you enough points to be okay, but not enough points to make your draft pick too much better if you're tanking, because the dude's still, like, 21. So, like, to me, he's an easy buy right now, because, every, like you said, everyone's down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's That's currently crazy. at wide receiver 15, and... Which I was a little surprised. I thought it was going to be a little bit lower than that, to be honest. But, um, but I think what you said is right. I think that's a reasonable outcome for him. Now, what about his uh, teammate Lockett? He's currently at wide receiver thirty-four. Do you think this offense will be able to support two top thirty-six wide receivers? Okay, I'm really glad you changed it to thirty-six. Probably, but it won't be pre like. Lockett was always disappear for three games and score 44 points the next. I, I don't think there's a way of escaping that right now. Like, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett had a thing. Like, they must have been, you know, the whole eating eating breakfast together every morning with Stafford and Cup. Like, they must have been doing that for, like, five years because that one season where they literally had a perfect passer rating to each other. Like, that's not human. That's not supposed to happen. It's going to be rough for, Tyler, rough for Tyler Lockett. I hope he does well. I really wanted him to follow Wilson wherever he went, though I'm glad he didn't because I love Sutton and Judy, so I don't want another. I mean, they already have Tim Patrick, the best wide receiver in the league, so they don't need Lockett also. <laughs> but like, I really wanted the Seahawks to like blow it up, burn it down, whatever, and just get whatever they could for Lockett because I wanted him to go somewhere where he'll be appreciated because he won't be this year. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to be 30. Yeah, so uh, before I, I, I cut you off there, Dalton, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say as great initials, uh, DK. Um, I'm always falling out with that. <laughs> Analysis. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm done. Cut me off. Cut me off. Mute me. Um, no, um, no, I, I actually really like DK. Again, I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Like, I'm a big believer in talent, and obviously there's quarterbacks that can elevate talent to a certain extent, but 
you're always within a certain range of what your talent is. And he might be on the lower end of what he is, but he's still like one of the best wide receivers in the league. He has another good wide receiver alongside him who's going to help take some coverage off. I think the Seahawks are going to suck, meaning that they're going to have to be forced to throw the ball, which Pete Carroll might still run the ball down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter because, I mean, it's Pete Carroll. But um, you never know what's going to happen there. And I think anytime that you can bet on talent and kind of just be like, quarterback agnostic in a way and just trust that DK Metcalf um, is going to get his. They're going to find a way to get him the ball. Um, I'm a big believer in that. So um, I'm, I'm fine drafting him there um, at wide receiver 15, considering he's been like, you know, in second year in the league, he was a top five wide receiver. Um, and then last year, I mean, even balling out when he was healthy. So um, I'm playing or when Russ was healthy, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Alexis, uh, are you on board with the DK train, or would you rather take the value of Lockett? I'm a huge DK fan. Um, I want nothing but good things for him. So I, yeah, I'm on. I I believe in him. Um, I believe in Lockett too. I I do think it is going to be kind of interesting seeing how Lockett plays without Russell Wilson. Um, I am curious to see that. But you know, I I'm from St. Louis. Drew Lock went to Mizzou. Mizzou's not my like NCAA team, but I do appreciate them being from where I'm from. So I hope that Drew Locke does well. Do I think he will? No. But I've been telling Seahawks fans, hey, the Seahawks should let Drew Locke play the entire season, see what happens. He could do really well, you know, get the right people around him. He could thrive. Probably not, but like it could happen. A miracle could ensue. And if he doesn't, you have those first two round picks next year, and it's going to be a very, very good draft for franchise quarterbacks next year. So you really don't have anything to lose by just kind of (laughs) letting it all burn down, potentially seeing what happens and going for it. So um, that's why I was saying that I don't even think they should trade for Baker Mayfield. I don't think they will at this point because I don't think the Browns are going to be getting rid of him. But even if they could trade for Baker or somebody else, I don't think they should. I think that they should just let the Drew Locke experiment ensue and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we're going to finish this uh, Seahawks conversation up real quick. I want a one word answer out of, out of each of you. So the running backs right now, they're it's basically a toss up. You got Penny going 88th overall and Walker going 92nd. Who do you want? Russ. <laughs> Walker. Uh, Penny's great, but he's just going to get hurt again. So, Walker, I know you said one word, right. but I don't do well with one word. <laughs> Alexis? Walker. Dalton? Penny. Wrong. That's my guy. I want Penny, too. I want those four games, damn it. I'll take all four of them and I'll love it. Uh, I mean, also, you're asking a Seahawks fan to now back one of like the worst first round picks. He's not bad. Whenever he plays, he's fine. Yeah, he would have been a great third round pick. It's Pete Carroll's fault. Oh, Carroll and Schneider (laughs) should have been fired like six years ago. Like, move on. But yeah, that that was a terrible, terrible pick. Even not knowing how it would have turned out, that was silly. People were calling us to trade for him right after we picked him. No, they weren't. Shut up. All right, let's let's move on to the Super Bowl champion Rams here. Um, 
they lost one of our favorite players here on this podcast, uh, Robert Woods. Uh, Sony Michelle and OBJ has not resigned. Don't know if he's going to be back or not. Uh, they brought in Allen Robinson, and then in the draft, they had Kyron Williams in the fifth. So, Alexis, are they going to repeat? What are your thoughts for the Rams uh, for this upcoming season and some of the moves they've made? Back to back, back to back champions. <laughs> I'm all in. I really believe it. Um, if everyone stays healthy, of course, and you know nothing crazy happens, yeah, I really, I really believe it. Um, I am really bummed about the loss to Robert Woods. It was something that I think we kind of all saw coming. Um, I think that, like, especially with the way that Odo Beckham played for us, you know, the, the quarterback room was kind of crowded, and I think it just, sadly, I think that that we felt that Woods was going to get traded. I didn't particularly agree with it, but I saw that it was coming um but yeah i'm i'm really optimistic kyron williams was my favorite player in the draft literally i was for months screaming about how i wanted him on the rams and everyone was like getting really really tired of it and then he got drafted by the rams and everyone could not believe it because they're like what are the odds that the one player she's been rambling about uh ends up on her team so i'm very excited about that he's from st louis we're from the same hometown he went to my NCAA school, Notre Dame. So double win and now triple win. He's on my favorite NFL team. So big Kyron Williams fan over here. But yeah, I think that they are they are going to repeat. I think they have all the tools in place to do so. I don't really think that any of their losses are that um, significant. You know, I think obviously I'm kind of curious about how Allen Robinson does this season. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm a little lower on him than everyone else is, like Rams fans wise. Uh, but yeah, I I do think that if everything works out for them health wise, they will be going back to the Super Bowl. Nice, hard to argue with that there. So I I know you just brought up Allen Robinson, and you're a little bit lower than it seems than everyone else. Do you think he is going to rebound though this season? I know personally, I think he's going to have a rebound season. Uh, is he going to be like you know? top 12 or something. No, I don't think so. I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too for your squad. If, if you're able to get him. Um, but what do you think? I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity because after cups season last season, teams are really going to be focused on Cooper cup. And I think it's going to open kind of like this window for Allen Robinson kind of in the way that it did for Odo Beckham jr. Or like a Van Jefferson last season, because you know, Cup was having such a good season that teams kind of seem to just focus on him. So I think it, it's an opportunity for Allen Robinson. I'm a little sketched out because I live in Chicago. So I've, I watched a lot of Allen Robinson over the past few seasons and it was not very good. Um, I know that he didn't really have great quarterbacks, but I will say that even I felt last season, Justin Fields actually gave him a lot. And I, I felt that Allen Robinson didn't like particularly play as well as he should have. So when we signed him, I was like a little, well, one, I didn't think we were going to sign a receiver like that at all. I, I did not see that coming. So I was surprised by that, but I was, I was surprised the Allen Robinson signing, but it is kind of grown on me. I, I'm just, I'm cautiously optimistic about how he performs next season. I think it is going to be kind of a make or break thing for him to show us what he can do. But I, I do think he is going to get a lot of targets because I don't think that 
te- that cups uh, teams are going to allow Cup to kind of have as many receptions or targets as he did last season. So I think guys like Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson are going to have a lot more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Dalton, do you agree? Um, I don't even know what to think about Allen Robinson, right? So he he's like legitimately was like one of the better wide receivers in the league. And then last year, he just he was terrible, like straight up. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I wonder how much that contract situation with Chicago maybe like dismotivated him from playing there. And now he's going to be on a new team in which last year the Bears, their offense was just bad overall. So he wasn't in an ideal situation. And we saw with Odell Beckham too when Odell wasn't in the most ideal situation. Browns went over to the Rams um, and he was able to get unlocked a little bit. So I, I'm i like cautiously optimistic on Al Robinson. I would actually not be surprised if he finishes like a top 12 wide receiver fantasy this year. Like I don't, I'm not going to project that, but Am I shocked if that happens? No. Am I shocked if Allen Robinson just like is taken over by Van Jefferson? He's the wide receiver three in this offense. Also no. So I I, I I'm not really going to put a stamp on him, but I do think he has this really like interesting range where he was a very good wide receiver who just had a bad year, bouncing back, and is still a good wide receiver. Or this is the first part of the decline for him, like as he slowly faces out of the league. Mm-hmm. How about you, Russ? What do you think? You guys are wrong. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> Allen Robinson literally just did not try last season. He didn't want to be there. They tagged him. He signed it because that is a lot of money and there was nothing else he could do about it. And then just made sure he didn't get hurt. I mean, that's... And then what do you do? You go to the best offense in the league. I mean, yeah. Go. Yes, absolutely. I, I am all in. Well, first of all, I need to go back a second and say... I was borderline on tears watching Odell Beckham tear his ACL in the Super Bowl. Like, Me too. I, I've, I was a fan of the guy. You know, I saw him play live. I, he, it's hard not to get swept up in that one-handed catch when you're surrounded by Giants fans and everything. Mm-hmm. And, okay, yeah, his personality went a little off the wall because kids can't always handle fame. And, but he was always really good. And then all those injuries, and it's just like, oh, come on, man, just stay healthy. And then in the Super Bowl, he was crushing it. And then he crushed his knee. Um, but I, like that just, that sucks. And now I just want him to go somewhere else because I want Allen Robinson's season. Um, like, I think it's going to be great. This is going to be miles and miles the best quarterback he's ever played with. And it's going to be an offense where he's not the best player there anymore, which again is going to be weird for him. And, yeah, let three people go cover Cooper cover Cooper Cup. That's really hard to say because they need to. Because in the Super Bowl, there was like four or five people covering him, and he still won them the Super Bowl. Like, I, I think it's going to be great for the rest of the offense. And Allen Robinson, I think, is insanely good. And to go back to Kyron Williams for a second, are you worried about Cam Akers catching the ball? Because Kyron Williams is very, very good at catching the ball. And it's one of those weird things where he ran slowly in the combine, so all of a sudden he's bad, so he didn't get drafted highly. Like exactly, like that's what worries me a little bit. Like, okay, you can't ga- gauge much on what happened in the playoffs for Acres because 
he shouldn't have been able to walk, no less play football. True. But I don't believe they passed to him in front of the line of scrimmage more than like a handful of times. Like anytime they were passing in front of the line, it was to Daryl Henderson. And honestly, I just think Kyron Williams is a better pass catcher than Henderson is. So I'm a little worried about Akers' upside with that. But if that means Kyron Williams does well, then I'm cool with that because I like him too. <laughs> yeah, I I think that, that you're uh, spot on with that. I think Cam Akers is kind of going – I think he's going to be running back number one for the Rams, like in terms of running the ball. I mm-hmm. think he's going to significantly, you know, get the – the most amount of, of runs with that. But um, Daryl Henderson is a good receiving running back. The problem with Daryl Henderson is like he can't stay healthy. And so I'm concerned about that. I think that that had a lot to do with why we drafted Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams, you know, like Russ mentioned, he's a great receiver. Uh, what they drafted him for is actually pass protection. You know, if you go Google like Kyron Williams, just pass protection alone, it's insane. I mean, he bodies, he's not a very big receiver, but you know, he was bodying guys. Uh, yeah, Kyron pass blocking highlights are fun. I agree. Like he is insane in pass pro, um, which is kind of Daryl Henderson's also good in pass pro, but again, he, I don't know that he can stay healthy. So I think that Kyron can kind of do it all. He, he's a really good receiving back. He's, people think he's slow because of his 40 time, but they, you need to watch him actually play because he's not, he's very shifty. He's very hard to bring down, elusive. You know, I'm very excited to watch him play. But in terms of, yeah, Cam Akers, I don't foresee getting a ton of receptions. I don't see him being used really as a receiving back. Um, especially when you have guys like Darrell Henderson and Kyron Williams, but I think he's fine in that regard. Like he's not, it's not like he can't catch a ball. I'd say he's pretty like average in that aspect. I just don't think the Rams will use him in that way. Mm -hmm. So is there a world then where say for whatever reason, Kyron Williams balls out this season? What would do you think the Rams would be interested in in trading Cam Akers and at that point and running with um, Williams as their their bell cow in this offense? I don't foresee them trading Cam Akers, but I could see a situation where we lose Darrell Henderson, you know, via like free agency or you know a trade. I can't off the top of my head. I don't remember where his contract's at right now, but. No, I I don't think that I think that Cam and Kyron are just two very different running backs, and I think that the Rams would like to keep both of them and utilize them, you know, with what they're good at. I think if anyone were to be like, oh, sadly, be Darrell Henderson, who I really love. Um, Since last year, isn't it nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two? Because he was drafted uh, the year before Akers was, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, it, yeah, I think if they lose anybody, it'd be him. Um, but I definitely can see a situation where eventually Kyron is the main running back for the Rams. And I know a lot of people, <laughs> Rams fans I'm talking about, don't like it when I say that, but I, I can see that happening. I love Henderson too. That makes me sad, the thought of him having to be the castaway out of that group, but it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then one last question here. Um, cause I'm trying to be cognizant of everyone's time here. Tyler Higby, is he going to be a viable tight end option this season? Got to end on a tight end note. <laughs> Could you pick a better one to talk about? No, <laughs> not this, this is who we get. No, 
Actually, no, let's talk about Ertz and uh, McBride. That, that, that'll make me happier. <laughs> no, that would make me not going to be a thing. Um, I think Tyler Higby is going to be fine. I don't think, I think that he, he just plays his role. I don't think he's any, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he's like going to be great. I wouldn't say that it's going to be terrible. I do think it is. Um, I do think that he has a good connection with Stafford. I mean, they had a lot of really good moments last season. You know, you watch Tyler Higby step up, but you talk about injuries as well. I mean, Tyler Higby could be worse, but he's starting to kind of, you know, here and there, you know, he hasn't had those injuries, especially in the playoffs last year. Um, I forget if it was the NFC Championship game, I think, where he, he was out the entire game or he got hurt pretty early on. Uh, in the game, and we ended up using Kendall Blanton and uh, um, Bryson Hopkins, who stepped up, to my surprise, uh, with Hopkins. But Kendall Blanton has actually, he played really, really well for the Rams when Tyler Higby was hurt last season, so he would be someone to watch out for. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I don't really know how I feel about Tyler Higby going into this season. I just think it's kind of just, he'll do okay. Mm-hmm. Dalton, if you're punting the tight end position, would Higby be someone you'd be focusing on later on in your draft? I never punt the tight end position, so. Um. <laughs> that answers that. <laughs> I should really take that advice because I'm not good at punting the tight end position. But I do it all I the wish, time. I wish I could give you a better answer. <laughs> no, that is, a, that is a perfect answer and a perfect way to uh, end the show here. Um, so... I'm going to let everybody uh, go around here and tell us what you're doing out there in the fantasy sphere, where people can find you, anything that you want to promote right now. Uh, this is your time to shine. So Alexis, as the Super Bowl champion team here, let's start with you. Uh, man, um, well, my podcast, Downtown Rams, is where I talk about the Rams with my co-host Jake. Uh, and that's really fun. You know, we do that. Uh, you can stream that anywhere. Watch it on YouTube. I do a lot of the live YouTube streams. So you can check out my YouTube channel. It's just my name. <laughs> Nothing special. But I, I try to get on two to three nights a week to live stream, talk with people about football. Um, Fantasy-wise, my goal is to cut back on the leagues I'm in this year because I overdid it last year. I was in, like, 15 leagues. It was insane. I had a problem. Um, very stressful. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it with me. Um, and then trying to tr go to a lot of Rams games this year, like in other cities other than LA too. I'm going to speak. You guys are Green Bay fans. I'm going to the game at Lambeau Field this year. That makes nice. Sense. Should be a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. I mean, as long as, you know, things shake out the right way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Maybe they'll end in a tie. You know, that would be a nice experience. No, that wouldn't. That's, that's, <laughs> that's terrible for everyone, Jake. Um, yeah, that's true. All right, Russ. Your oh, time. I do too many things. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, if 15 leagues is too many, um, I run 16, one of which is a 48 team league. Um, what do I do? I do, I have to like go by day what I do. Trade Addicts podcast. <laughs> um, the, the weekly grind on the DLF YouTube, the DLF trade show also on DLF YouTube, uh, Dynasty Game Night, Dynasty Wall Street, Dynasty 
trade calculator flagship podcast. I ran out of fingers. Um, probably that <laughs> stuff. But right now, what really matters, ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. We are pumping out SFB shirts like crazy. And every single penny from all of the stuff on that site goes straight to Fantasy Cares. So ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. Amazingly huge shout out to John Bosch, Bob Gilchrist, and Steven Johnson, who have been crushing it with all of this stuff. So buy some stuff, get some awesome stuff, and help kids get awesome, awesome stuff for holidays. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Dalton, last but certainly not least. Yeah, um, a lot. Um, I just started a gig job at Mojo. So Mojo is going to be like a new sports stock market right now. So we're going to be launching first week of the season. So I'm super excited about that. So I'm going to be putting out um, a lot of like blog dynasty related content that, that works with, um, you know, the stock market within Mojo. So super excited about that. And then um this is the first time this is not an announcement this is the first time i've mentioned this publicly but um i'm working on some fun things in the betting sphere with um some some people so, so keep an eye on for that in the next in the coming weeks so um very excited about, about what's going on nice and then as always folks you can find our lovely podcast um on youtube uh, just type in Drinking Talking Fantasy Football. We're the only ones. You'll find us there. Find us at Drinking Fantasy on the Twitter box. Um, we're here to answer all your fantasy-related questions or any questions you want to ask. We, we're not, you know, picky about that. Um, I think that about covers it. I just want to give a big thank you to our three guests for coming on the show. Uh, this was a lot of fun uh, chatting it up with you all and um, hearing your thoughts on this super interesting division. Um, any last words, Jake, before we're out? No, you took all the good ones, but yes, absolutely. Thank you. And it lived up to expectations. I said at the start, it's one of the most interesting, exciting divisions and I maintain that. So can't wait to check back in here after the season and see how everything shook out. Dustin, you were not old enough to say Twitter spots, putting it out there. (laughs) Come on, man. Do better. Appreciate it. I'm probably older than you think, but that's, I appreciate that. Thanks. All right, and until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.